Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Maven's Havens podcast brought to you by Vibal Energy Tea, bringing you good vibes, balance, and tons of energy. Today, I am joined by Ezekiel Alcober, uh, co-founder of Zapio. Ezekiel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Eric, for, for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Excellent. Love your energy. Um, no surprise, you would have plenty of it, um, considering <laughs> what you do. So I should uh, expand upon that uh, comment a bit. Ezekiel, uh, Zapio, as I understand it, you guys are sort of a mixture for beverages um, to provide like a kind of healthy energy alternative to um, caffeine, tea, and so on and so forth, much like the sponsor I just shouted out, um, Viable Energy Tea. So I think it's really interesting um, to have you to talk about your business. Um, I'll have them on as well. And then we'll have uh, two companies that kind of play in the same area. But um, so to get started, really, Ezekiel, I'm kind of curious, you know, how did you get this, um, you know, idea um, of, uh, of, you know, making, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it an energy drink, right? Because I don't want because of the connotations like Red Bull and Monster that have all kinds of stuff in it that's going to lead you to an early grave, which I, uh, from my research, ex expect is not the case for Zapio. But um, so uh, I'll stop my rant here. Basically, yeah, can you just take it from the top, kind of how you came up with the idea and started the company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what we do, it's uh, we, we decided to um, blend uh, yerba mate leaves with uh, different flavors. And so for those that are not familiar with yerba mate, um, it's a, a leaf, it's a plant that grows in South America. Uh, where I come from, and uh, what the way that uh, we drink it back home is sort of like a, like you would normally drink a loose leaf tea, like a green tea or a black tea. And so I started Zapio last year because um, I was traveling abroad uh, with my work and my partner, and uh, we were in Spain when the pandemic um, was declared. So we decided, hey, let's go back home just to be safe for the time being. And and then uh, while we're home, we will get to visit family. Um, home for us is Ottawa in Canada. So we decided to come back. And when we started to notice that the pandemic was going to be uh, lasting a little bit longer, that's when we, we decided, hey, okay, we need to find a project for, for the time that we're going to be in lockdown. And so one thing that I was missing from my travels in, in Spain is that we were drinking yerba mate every day. We were, that was our like morning routine, afternoon routine. And what I love about Yerba Mate and the way that we are positioning is an alternative to coffee because it has a slow releasing caffeine. And so what it does, it's, it really does not give you the jitters or that caffeine crash that you get from coffee. And so it just keeps you balanced throughout the day, but it keeps you energized. So we decided, hey, let's try to get it in Canada and let's let's keep on that trend. And we found that it was really hard to find it, especially uh, with flavors. And so that's why where we decided, hey, why don't we create our own blends? Um, so we we started uh, connecting with like different suppliers in Canada, and then. Um, after obviously uh, a lot of work and, and a few months of uh, us finding the right blends, um, Sapia was born. So that's very much in a nutshell, like how, how we, we build this company. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you um, telling me all about that. I, for one, am one of those people who do not know what uh, yerba mate, am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. 
Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't um, aware of that. So um, thank you for uh, enlightening me. All right, so um, the gist of it as I get it is that it's the real advantage is that it doesn't like, you know, hit you like a ton of bricks, right? Like, um, like you know, drinking your coffee too fast or like some energy drinks where as you put it, you know, you get the jitters, you get kind of wired. Um, and it's it's not pleasant. This is kind of a just a build up steady kind of um, uh, not caffeine high, but, um, you know, energy you get from caffeine kind of throughout the day exactly yeah 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 and i think that that's one of the things that uh th that i like about yerba mate is that so one fun fact about it is that it's uh an antioxidant powerhouse it has 90 percent more antioxidants than green tea so it's really good to um for like the digestive system great for the immune system so um i think that a lot of people are not quite familiar with all the benefits that yerba mate offers and that's why we wanted to position it as not only an alternative to coffee but something that's a little bit healthier um, than than coffee especially because um, it can get quite addicting right when so drinking like a few cups a day sometimes of coffee it can can get you a little jittery so we said hey let's do I guess we've been drinking it for so long that I'm used to it but it was a matter of like how can we introduce it to the North American market um, so that it's appealing and it tastes good and, and people see the benefit of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that inspires a question. Of, um, you mentioned introducing it to the North American market. I guess, um, you know, do you find it? any particular, you know, cultural barriers, um, and to be a bit more broad with the question, um, you know, how are you introducing it to the North American market? Yeah, that, that's a great question because uh, the, the way that Yerba Mate is, is consumed uh, in South America, and especially where I come from, Argentina, it's, um, it's consumed in a, in a gourd. So the way that they do it is they put the leaves in a gourd and then they put a straw that has a filter uh, at the bottom of the straw. And then what you do is you pour the hot water and then you suck through the straw and then the water goes through that filter and it sort of like takes the uh, the leaves get infused and then you drink the tea. And so the way that that's been drank uh, for centuries is with this like traditional um, method. And so us trying to introduce it um, to the North American market, which is a, a completely different, you know, culture. We're always on the go. Everybody loves to have their cup to go. And like, if you go back to the traditional way of drinking it, it didn't quite fit in. So we said, hey, how can we make it more accessible to people so that people can either take it on the go, you can take it to the office and drink it at, at home. And so that's when we decided, hey, why don't we introduce it as sort of like loose leaf tea and so we and, and we we sell it as loose leaf tea, but you can also um, buy infusers. Uh, we sell infusers on our website, and then you basically uh, steep it just like you would steep a normal um, loose leaf tea uh, for three four minutes with hot water, and then um, you really uh, can enjoy like two or three cups. Because one of the the good things about yerba mate is that it can be over steeped, so that you get a couple of cups out of just um one uh one spoon i guess of, of yerba mate okay so you're getting a lot of mileage out of each package it sounds like yeah. <laughs> and um i hadn't even considered this but another um benefit you're really offering is that convenience right instead of like a bottled drink um that you got to find space for worry about dropping and breaking maybe a glass it's you keep it kind of in a packet and then just mix it in when the time is right 
Yeah, you got it, exactly. So we sell it in little pouches of 70 grams, uh, which could take you, uh, depending on, on the flavor, some, some flavors are a little bit lighter than others, so you can get uh, quite a few cups, but on average, I would say 30 to 35 cups for um, a 70 gram package uh, of uh, Yerba Mate blend. And again, we, we have um, six flavors right now available, uh, which are flavors that are quite popular. And um, and we're looking to introduce this summer just the a plain uh, yerba mate. So without any flavoring added to it so that uh, people can really taste the, like what an authentic yerba mate uh, beverage tastes like. So that's an interesting choice that you decided to go with the flavored kinds um, before just plain old um, yerba mate. I mean, is, it occurred to me maybe that you were concerned um, your customer base in the United States would be, you know, would be more easily turned on to the idea of yerba mate if they had flavors. And I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but so um, is there a particular reason why you decided to go with the variety of flavors before plain old yerba mate, kind of like they drink more often in uh, Argentina? Yes, we. I think originally the reason why we decided to just take that approach was to uh, make it more appealing to the audience that that we were targeting. So we uh, we we did a lot of like market research, and we wanted to understand like what are people like really looking for when they're looking for an alternative to coffee or they're looking for um, energy drinks or anything that will give you energy. And I think that that you mentioned it before, like even though uh, energy drinks sometimes have this negative connotation, they, they taste really good and they have really good like fruity flavors, right? And uh, sometimes you can make cocktails with energy drinks, right? So I think that that was kind of like the approach that we wanted to take is like, we're not trying to simulate an energy drink. We just wanted to make it flavorful and, and appealing to um, a market that perhaps they're not quite familiar with the flavor of yerba mate. Um, yerba mate tastes a little bit, I, I like to compare it sometimes with a green tea, um, but it's less bitter and a little bit more earthy. So it's a little bit more smoky. Um, so it could potentially have an acquired taste and some palates might not be um, quite familiar with it because they're, they, they, they are familiar with green tea, which has been um, sold in North America for many years. So we said, if we introduce just the plain yerba mate and people don't really understand it, maybe um, they might not feel inclined to to purchase the product. So maybe if we add some flavor to it, it will uh, it will um, just entice people to to try it and and see what this is all about. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I can understand. Um, you know, based off of what you said about energy drinks, um, you know, they've obviously poured a ton of money and energy into finding out what flavors appeal to people. And that's in part why they're so popular. So going off of um, the model they set, I can certainly see why you'd come to that conclusion. Um, was that also based off of like any particular, you know, market research you did? Or did you kind of like intuit your way towards uh, believing that? Well, we, we we did a lot of market research, and I think that the most important thing for us is to 
introduce a part of my culture. It's like, I think that nowadays people connect with um, the founders and the story more than they, can, they connect with the product. Um, I think that it's easy to, to fall in love with the brand where you understand where the, the, the story of the brand comes from. And I think that uh, me being from Argentina, it was very important that I brought those roots into, into Zapio. And back home, we, we drink yerba mate on its own, but we also like to flavor it. So we like to use mint, lemon peel, we like to use orange, which are some of the flavors that you can find on our website right now. And we, we really wanted to um, have that, like, again, piece of culture in it and really um, sell th that experience. And it's not just selling a product that it's really great for you and has great health benefits. It's It was just more than that. It's how do we tell our story through our brand and, and through our product. And I think that that was like really adding those flavors uh, was part of that, um, that process. And, and yes, we looked also, we did market research into understanding, okay, what are some of the products and, and, um, and flavors that people like and people are looking for in the internet? And that's how some of the other flavors were also chosen is to, um, we, we were pretty strategic because we wanted to offer something that people are looking for, but also something that I, that it's like really um, connected to, to my culture and to what we were trying to build. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, gotcha. No, it makes perfect sense. I um, I like how you talk about um, you know people connect to founders more so than products. I mean, and that's kind of why I started doing all this and um, you know reaching out to people like yourself because uh, I want to help humanize, so to speak, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm uh, you know really glad you feel the same way. Uh, so. I want to get into a little bit more about you um, specifically and your drive and experience. I'm curious, you know, what makes what motivates you to be an entrepreneur rather than uh, take a traditional career path? Uh, you know, the security of working a nine to five. Um, so one of the things that I've always wanted to do is um, I wanted to be able to tell a story again through uh, a product or an experience. And so I've, um, I'm somebody, I'm, I'm a type A personality, I'm a go-getter and I'm always looking uh, to, to like almost uh, exceed my own expectations, <laughs> if you will. And so uh, I'm, I'm very driven. And so I think that entrepreneurship comes very naturally to me. It doesn't feel, a lot of people tell me you're a hustler, but it, it, it's just, it comes so naturally that it's just so easy for me to like naturally do it, do research, you know, find if I'm struggling with specific things, I just Google it or I, I think social media right now is such a powerful to, tool for networking. So I'm always looking for, okay, what are some like trendy uh, brands that I can see, you know, on social media or founders in social media that I might want to connect. And so I'm always doing that. I'm always looking for that. And I think that when you build your own business, it gives you the freedom to do that. You know, you're connecting with like-minded people, you're connecting with people that have almost walked the same path that you have. And, and, and it's just very enriching. It's very fulfilling. And I think that that was one of the reasons why um, we decided to start Zapio because uh, it just, again, it was the best of both worlds where I get to connect with people, tell them my story and make money on the side as well, right? <laughs> so it's perfect.
Yeah, it ties back to what you were saying before about really introducing your culture, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's it, I, and I can tell through the um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for. Uh, I'll say energy, I guess, no pun intended, in your voice. Uh, that you know, real conviction, I guess, is the word um, I'm looking for. Uh, you know that that's first and foremost what matters to you most about this journey. The money being on the side, as you put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very passionate about Yerba Mate. I'm definitely very passionate about, um, like I said, building my own business and telling my story. And I think that um, I, I, we do that pretty well uh, with Zapio. I've, uh, so I built Zapio with my partner, Cedric, and he, he's, um, he's been in the like creative entertainment industry for many years. So he brought a completely different spin to it. He's like really good with words. So a lot of the wittiness and uh, and cleverness that our brand has comes from him. He's he's somebody who is uh, very um, good with words. Me not so much. <laughs> and so I think that together we were able to combine. Uh, we, we we combine both our strength. We put them together, and I think that's what's uh, the beauty of it. You know, it's that um, I get to do the parts that I, that I love about. Um, building a business and, and some of the things that um, I know Cedric is better at, he gets to do them, but we share the, the work love pretty evenly when it comes to um, doing the everyday um, things that we need to do. And, and, and together, I think we're, we're, we're doing a really good job at um, making sure that, that we're happy and we're enjoying the process. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, first off, I I think you are pretty good with words, contrary to what you said. Okay, um, thank you. <laughs> and I was surprised you described yourself as a type A personality. I've understood type A personalities to be kind of stubborn, but you seem pretty agreeable, and you must be if you and Cedric are getting along so well. <laughs> well, uh, y yes, we, we do, but I think that type A, what I meant is more in the sense that I'm like, Go, 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 go. Don't breathe. Just go, go, go. Get through it. And and I like to do things a certain way sometimes. And I think that that's where my quote unquote stubbornness maybe comes from, where I, I know I know what quality and excellent looks like. And I won't settle for anything less than that. And I think that that's uh, it's it's very important when you're building a brand that's going to represent you and it's going to be a reflection of who you are that it, it, you deliver at that level of excellence you know that um, that you want to be represented by so uh, I think that yes and in a way yes I can be very flexible and I can adjust and be agile as as things go go by but but I'm also very passionate about doing it a certain way and I wanted it that way, you know? And so sometimes I think I can get, I can be my own enemy by, you know, being a little too stubborn in certain things, but, but you make it work, you make it work. Yeah, especially if you possess that self-awareness kind of that comes through with what you're saying, where you know you can be a bit stubborn, but that's okay. Um, you catch yourself and, you know, it comes from a good place where you have certain standards, um, very high standards you have to adhere to because this is your reputation, your brand, your baby. So it's uh, only right that you would protect it the way you are. Totally, yeah, and I, and I and I think one one more thing I, I like to add is that I think as an entrepreneur, it's very important to be self-aware 
which is something that you mentioned, you need to know what you're good at and you need to know what you're not good at. And you need to learn that when you when you know you're not good at certain things to delegate and to make the people that know how to do it. So for example, um, I, I know that when it comes to like sometimes writing things, I'm not the best at. Um, I might be sometimes, I, I think I'm, I'm good at being a spontaneous when people ask me a question and, and if I'm having uh, an interview, I'm really good with um, making people understand my my point of view and my vision. But maybe when it comes to writing it down on a piece of paper or developing, you know, my vision for our website, I'm not the best at. And I think that that's when you need to look to the side and say, hey, I know I'm no good at it. I'm not going to pretend to be good at it. Why don't I get somebody that's going to execute at the level that I know um, I wanted it to be done. So I think that it's it's being self-aware as an entrepreneur, it's very important. And that allows you to enter into a really working, workable partnership with Cedric where you guys really kind of round each, out, each other out the way you were telling me about. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important, yeah. Cool, um, so I wanted to ask you about something else. Now, entrepreneurship, of course, even though you, you guys are doing great and there's a lot of great things going on, it's, it's a very tough journey. There's a lot of stress, anxiety, depression, feelings of loneliness, worry. I mean, I, I haven't met an entrepreneur that has not experienced that. So I'm kind of curious if you could tell me um, your experience with some of those uh, you know, negative aspects of it and how you, more importantly, how you cope, how you deal with them. Yeah, I think if if you were to tell me how would you describe entrepreneurship, I think I would describe it as roller coaster. You know, sometimes you're gonna be you're gonna have that adrenaline high, and you're gonna be like on top of the world, and all of a sudden you're gonna be coming down from that high, and you're gonna feel scared, and then you're gonna feel excited, and then you're gonna feel scared. And I think that that's the journey of an entrepreneur is that you go through all these feelings, and you you need to like sort of like learn how to channel that energy and and find what are some of the things that will bring you back up and understand that it is a journey you know like you, you know where your destination is and you know maybe uh a way to get there but you might not have all the answers and and i think that's when you are and you're down you know and i've had moments where i'm like I'm I'm also human, you know. Like, <laughs> so th there are days, like you said, you you feel lonely or you feel like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going? Am I taking the right path? And I think that those are the days where I look up to um, my friends, my family, and most importantly, like other entrepreneurs. You know, like I have I have been extremely fortunate and lucky to have met amazing people, you know, in in Canada and in the U.S. that are doing things very similar to what we're doing and they are they have been so great at like supporting me um whether i'm like hey i have this idea what do you think i bounce it obviously with cedric first we bounce ideas amongst each other and then if we're both hesitant about something and we're not feeling 100 confident we consult with uh with our like colleagues you know and we talk to other founders and we say hey what do you think about this i'm feeling a little apprehensive and i think that they give you that support or they give you that that advice that sometimes um you can't give to yourself and you need to listen it from other people and and then gaining perspective you know sometimes they share with you experiences remember when i started my business these are some of the challenges that i had and those are the challenges that you're going to go through you know we only lunch uh, 
about Zapio in uh, February this year. So we've only been in business for a few months and I've already learned a ton, you know, from, from um, like distribution, like fulfillment, um, just how to really stand out on social media with your brand and so many different things that um, it's, it's just, it's a blessing to be able to connect with other people that are the thing like you, that, that are passionate like you and, and you can um, help each other out. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of what you're saying cuts to, uh, I'm oversimplifying here, but it cuts to having and relying upon a really good support system, um, people to help pull you back from the brink and really give you perspective uh, that you don't have. Not necessarily give you answers, but give you the perspective you can use and knowledge you can use to find answers and remind you that it's going to be okay. It's uh, the, you don't have to run around like chicken little, the sky is not falling. So um, yeah, I think what you're saying really underscores the importance of having a strong support system that you can rely on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you you need to have it, you know? And if you don't have it, there are like amazing groups out there that you can um, go to, you know, and the like lots of, I, I watch a lot of YouTube channels that I like to learn from, um, podcasts, podcasts are probably like my best friends right now, listening to what other entrepreneurs are doing and how they are, um, you know, dealing with the challenges that they're facing. And I think that it's just important to be able to relate to other people and learn from other people as well. Yeah. Very well said for sure. So kind of going back to that question a bit to expand on it. Um, you know, a lot of the cause of that stress and anxiety are the many failures you're going to stumble across um, as an entrepreneur. Uh, all entrepreneurs experience them. I guess, uh, well, before I continue um, and pass it off to you, uh, one thing to point out is failure is a great teacher, nonetheless, and most failures you can bounce back from. So it's kind of a two-part question there. I'd like to learn about what failures um, you know you've experienced, and um, you know what you've learned from them. Yeah, I, I think that, like you said, failures. It depends on how you look at that word. So um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Sarah Blakely, and for those that don't know who Sarah Blakely is. Uh, she's the uh, founder and CEO of Spanx, a multi-billion dollar business. And um, she has a master class. I uh, watched it twice. And learning through Sarah, one of the things that she talks about is how um, her dad, when she was young, used to tell her, go to school. And when you come back, tell me what you fail at. Don't tell me what you succeeded at. And through that like failure process, she learned so much about herself and about failure and how to take failure. So going back to, to, to Zapio, I think that we we had quite a few failures along the way. We had issues with our packaging at the beginning. We had issues with our website. Um, we had issues uh, with um, the, the integrations that we were having We with, with Shopify, which is the platform we use. And we, 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 we were able to Every time we had a failure, we were able to pause. We said, okay, let's pause for a second. Number one, how are we going to overcome this? And we need to like fix it ASAP so that we can move on. But most importantly, let's learn about what went wrong so that we don't do it again. So for example, I'm gonna use the, the, the one example with packaging. So when we were doing our packaging, we sent it all uh, to get printed. And when after it was printed, we, 
the, the printer sent us a, a picture of what it looked like and the ink in some of the packages was completely, um, it had like all these lines and it was like really not showcasing the packaging the way that we wanted it. So we talked to them back and we said, this is not the design that we sent you. And we were going back and forth. So finally we managed to uh, do another run of our packaging and we we got it right. The second time we totally got it right. And I think that the one thing that we did uh, that led us to that failure was um, we were very impatient and we didn't pause ourselves, which I think that was a, a huge learning curve for us. So the, the second time around when we had to do more printing, we literally took weeks to go over the packaging, making sure that the colors were right, that the font was right, that the design was right, and then making sure that the outline, whenever you have this zipper of the bag, was at the right measurement, making sure that the logo wasn't going over the zipper, like little details that um, we didn't take into consideration at the beginning. And I think that when we did it the second time around, it was cheaper because we didn't have to do it again. And uh, and, and it was effective. And I think that it, total, it taught us a very valuable lesson to just pause yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. You know, even if it's going to take you two or three more weeks, that's okay. Just take the time that you need to take to make sure that you execute at the level of excellence that you know how to execute, as opposed to trying to cut corners, try to be a little cheaper and try to put a product out there that doesn't really represent who you are. Mm, yeah, really emphasize quality over quantity 100%. and the right pace. You know, no don't speed out of the gate, stumble over yourself and fall flat on your face. Go at the pace that's right for you and um, finish to continue this racing metaphor um, at the, uh, you know, in the place or at the time that makes the most sense for you. Yep, totally, absolutely. That's a great lesson. So, um, you know, I'm glad you guys learned that very early on. Um, so going forward, of course, you know, there's going to be probably be more stumbles. Um, and obviously there's stuff you're concerned about, right? Is a, you know, it's still a young business, there's a lot, a lot of room to grow, a lot of stuff to do right, to do wrong, whatever, I guess, what do, what do you view as like the main roadblocks to your success and to maybe sound a bit more drastic? Like, uh, is there anything in your head that you think could kill all this really make things like go wrong that you're doing something to get out ahead of? Um, I think that it's just really, I don't foresee anything going completely wrong. I think that because we have the like the heart, our heart is in the right place. We know exactly where we want to go. Um, but the, the one lesson that I learned recently is to stay focused. I think that that's one of the the big things that um, I, I had to learn because I had. Um, too many plans on how I wanted to take Zapier. You know, I wanted to go into retail. I wanted to go online. I wanted to do influencer marketing. There's so many things that I wanted to do. You know, and and at the end of the day, you can't do that. You you really need to focus and have a clear strategy of how you're going to um, tackle everything. So I think for us, uh, we we found this like really niche market online, and I think we for the time being we we wanna really have a very strong presence online. That's social media and, and other platforms where um, Zapio can be found. Um, mainly, obviously, our e-commerce store online, but 
we we need to we need to stay focused and i think that that was a, a big lesson um to make sure that things don't go wrong and to make sure that we don't get distracted and i think that if we stay focused and we know exactly where we're going nothing can really go wrong you know we 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 have the passion we have the hustle we have everything that it takes you know we um i haven't figured out the right recipe <laughs> to be successful but i think that that's that's entrepreneurship you know you learn along the way and like what work for a different business might not work for you and vice versa something that's working really well for you might not work for a completely different business so um you just need to stay focused you know and 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 make sure that you pace yourself along the way to make sure that you are um, creating the right connections, meeting the right people and advancing along the way. You know, it's a very important point you raise about um, the recipe for success. I'm not convinced anyone really has it. You know, you talk about how what works for one business may not work for another. And that's, that's very true as there are tons of stories of entrepreneurs who have gone on to have unbridled success, then they try it again and they can't replicate it. Um, you know, so that's why I'm convinced there is no, uh, re there is no, no, no recipe for success that scales across everything. You yeah. could do it right your way for that business, but then try again, who knows? It's a whole nother thing. So, um, yeah, great point. I mean, just, you know, one last question really before we go, Ezekiel, time has really flown by. Um, <laughs> do you have any, you know, what do you recommend to anyone who really wants to get out, get started um, and, you know, take the uh, uncertain path of entrepreneurship? Um, I think that m my advice is always uh, two in two pieces. Number one, just do it. It's as simple as that. Just do it. Just get started, um, and and don't get ahead of yourself. I think that sometimes when when you're trying to to go for either a, a product, in, in in our case, we decided to go for the beverage category. Uh, it is a very competitive space, and we're fully aware of that. Um, but at the end of the day, don't get ahead of yourself trying to put blocks in your process before you even get started. And uh, to be more specific, is that. Uh, when when you start, sometimes I talk to friends and they're like, oh, do you need a permit for that? Do you need to have a license for that? You didn't, do you, I'm like, w do you need a tax number for that? And I'm like, I'm not there yet. So why worry? And I think when you start worried about all that, that checklist, you know, that a lot of people tell you, you need to worry about, it's just so overwhelming that you give up before you start. And so my advice to anybody who wants to like start their own thing, it's not as scary as it sounds. I think that it's it has you have this idea of how do I get started? How do I manufacture my product? Just take one step at a time. You know, for us, it was all about like, okay, what is the message? And like we started within ourselves. What's the story that we want to tell? And our story was like, okay, let's energize people with like, like positive energy and when we want to do it through a natural uh, source and that's why yerba mate came very very uh, easy to me because uh, it's very connected to my roots so we we started looking at okay where can we get the product from let's just start experimenting then okay let's just start with like how we're going to package it but we didn't think even about the website yet we we, we really like pause ourselves and we said okay let's just start doing one thing at a time and every time we got ahead of ourselves we basically walked 10 steps backwards so we said we don't do it again let's just do it 
and and don't add those roadblocks that don't really exist that don't don't need to be there you know so i think that that's that's my advice for for anybody who who it's either debating to build uh, a business or it's interested in doing it. Um, it's actually less scary than you think. And it is so exciting. And I think that the best part about it is incredibly fulfilling. I loved that so much because it, it resonates with me um, particularly because as I've gotten started with my own business, it's not much of a business yet, but as I've gotten started with it, it feels like you're being overwhelmed. You know, like get a, Absolutely. you know, incorporate a business, open a business banking account. Uh, how think about producing the product, marketing it, social media, put a blog on your website. Uh, there's the more conversations you have, the more stuff that just piles on, and it feels overwhelming. It feels incredibly daunting when really what you got to do is focus on what's right in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. get that out of the way. Otherwise, you never will if you just pile on more stuff. Yeah, so I love. I love that you said that. Yeah, it's. I think the best analogy that I always use is that don't try to run a marathon if you don't know how to walk. Right, like just just learn learn how to walk, then learn how to jog, and eventually you'll get there. Um, but yeah, don't don't like. Why are you gonna worry about incorporating your business if you're not if you don't have any revenue yet? So focus on the little things, and and you're gonna get there. Well said. Well said. Ezekiel, thank you so much. I'm going to have to try some uh, yerba mate. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I really want to see this kind of slow energy kind of build up. And, you know, I, I want to know what that's like. So I can't wait to get my hands on some. Ezekiel, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Really appreciate it. And, um, you know, really excited to witness all of your success. Thank you so much, Eric, for, for your time and for giving us the space to share our story with you. We, we really, truly appreciate it. And um, yeah, I, we, we're excited for what the future has for us. And I think that once the world opens up again, I think it's going to be uh, the sky's the limit. So we're excited for that. And, and we thank you for the opportunity to chat with you. My pleasure. Take care, Ezekiel. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast highlights. Exekiel's journey to entrepreneurial success. 1.33 How Exekiel created Zapio and how they create healthy, high-energy beverages. 5.50 How Exekiel is introducing Yerba Mate to the North American market and overcoming cultural barriers. 11.23 How Exekiel tells his story through his brand and his approach to market research. 13.53 What motivates Exekiel to opt for entrepreneurship over a traditional career. 19.07 Ixikiel's thoughts on the importance of self-awareness for entrepreneurs. 21.02 Ixikiel's experience with the stresses and anxiety of entrepreneurship and how he copes with them. 25.35 Some of the mistakes made along the way and the learning lessons that have come from them. 30.00 Where Ixikiel sees potential problems in the future and what he's doing to get out ahead of them. 33.02 Advice for Entrepreneurs.